Hello and good morning, doctor. How are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Absolutely fantastic. You are speaking my street when when it comes to what you're doing inside this book because I love my planet. I love what's inside my planet. And I believe that trees and other things are probably more beautiful beneath the surface because there's a lot of things moving down there. Oh, that's that's amazing. Love that. How did you get so involved into doing what you're doing with, you know, what is hidden inside the planet? Because it doesn't seem like a lot of people are trying to go in and find out what that world is really like. Yeah, I was really fortunate when I was in school that my uh, undergrad physics teacher was a geophysicist who tried to learn about what was going on inside planets and so he kept introducing all these cool techniques like using gravity to figure out what is going on deep inside a planet using magnetic fields and that really inspired me to to go on and study that i've been a big believer that some of the greatest storytellers of all time are rocks do you believe in that theory as well Oh my gosh, it's so true. Rocks, you know, the reason we know stuff that happened 3 billion years ago, 4 billion years ago on Earth and in, across our solar system is because of rocks. So they're amazing storytellers. The, especially in this forest that I live in, in South Charlotte, North Carolina, the erosion has, has given me such a view of a world that's been hidden away for probably hundreds of thousands of years. What Do you go into eroded places and really pay attention to what was here before us? Yeah, absolutely. So where I grew up in northern Ontario, a town called Sudbury, it was actually an impact crater. So a giant meteor hit the surface of the earth there about 1.8 billion years ago. And it brought up, it caused a giant melt pool and then brought up a bunch of metal resources that are now today used for mining. Uh, So I'm, you know, going to Sudbury and walking around there, all you see is rocks. There are rocks everywhere. (laughs) And some of them even have signs of this, the shocks that they experienced when this meteor hit 1.8 billion years ago. So you can see these amazing um, shock features in rocks known as shatter cones. I'd be the weird guy that would sit down and just hold onto that rock, hoping that I could feel something moving from that rock into me, because I just totally believe we have a connection with rocks. I love that. That's amazing. I don't think you'd be the the weird guy. I think a lot of people do that in Sudbury, so you're all good. Are most planets alive? I mean, we see it here on Earth, but what about those other ones? They don't look too alive. Yeah, I guess it really depends on how you define it. So we haven't found life like us on other planets, but the planets themselves, they have lots of processes going on in their interior that are creating things like volcanoes on their surface. We have Mars quakes on Mars, moon quakes on the moon. So there's all sorts of activity happening inside planets, and it's all because they're trying to remove the heat that's in their interior from when they formed. So in that sense, they're, they're alive, but none of the other planets out there that we know of have life the way that uh, we have life here on Earth. I'm just so excited about Perseverance being on Mars because I really think that, that this particular thing is going to find something that is going to change every one of us. Yeah, the rovers on Mars, you know, they are they are dear to my heart, yeah. and I love that the the technology that they've demonstrated what you can do. I'm actually also very excited for other missions that we have going to other planets and moons. So, for example, in the outer solar system, there are several moons that we know have liquid water in them, and we think liquid water is really important for the generation of life. So. Uh, I'm ready to go explore places like Europa, which is a moon of Jupiter, or Titan and Enceladus, which are moons of Saturn. Speaking of Saturn, I don't know if this was clickbait the other day, because you know how the social media networks are, but it it says that every so many years, the rings disappear on Saturn. Is that true? 
Oh, so it's complicated, but kind of, yes. Yeah. So what we know now from the Cassini mission, the Cassini mission that went to Saturn uh, and explored it from 2005 to 2017, was able to tell how much of the ring mass, the stuff in the ring, was actually leaving the rings and heading into Saturn. And from that, you could kind of figure out, well, how old are the rings and how long have they been around? And it doesn't look like they're going to last forever. And in fact, there's some theories out there that, for example, the rings are quite new. So, for example, the dinosaurs, if they had telescopes, wouldn't have seen rings surrounding Saturn. <laughs> are you excited about NASA's big thing with the asteroid? I mean, they, they, have they not revealed it yet what they have found? But, but it's like, man, I can't wait to find out what they brought back to the, to the Earth. It is so exciting. I, I like to tell people the asteroids are so interesting for us because they're essentially the leftovers from planet formation. So imagine that you've just baked this amazing cake or you walked into a room where an amazing cake was baked and you want to know what's in that cake. It would be really great if there were a bunch of the basic ingredients kind of splattered all over the kitchen counter, right? If you had a little bit of flour over here and you know strawberry over there then you could actually tell what was in the cake. And that's what asteroids are for us. They're leftovers of the ingredients that make planets. So we're going to learn a lot about what goes on inside planets and what all the planets are made of from studying uh, these asteroid samples. How did you make this book so simple for every reader? Because it, it, it's such a complicated subject, but you put it in a way to where people can go, well, oh my God, that's, that's worth having a conversation about. Oh, well, I greatly appreciate that. Thank you. I think... I just love talking about planets and their interiors to people. And, you know, the best way to communicate is to use plain language and to uh, understand things through analogy. So I just basically tried to put in the book the way I think about them. So they say that we're like maybe 10 or 15 years away from singularity when it comes to AI technology. I mean, it's gonna, is it going to take over what you do or do we still need that human touch when it comes to storytelling of the planets and the rocks? I think the human touch is always needed and, and great, but AI is going to be an amazing tool that will help us advance our science so that we can understand what's going on deep inside planets, as well as uh, on the surface of the planet, in our climate, et cetera. So I see AI as an amazing tool that's going to really help us advance our science. Do you have a love-hate relationship with the planet Venus? Because, I mean, it seems to be very annoying to you. Oh, it is. And Venus <laughs> as a planet is the worst. I'm going to tell you, it is the worst ever. Don't get me wrong. I love Venus. But, you know, scientists have worked so hard to come up with these ways to study the deep interior of planets. And every single way we have learned to study the deep interior of planets does not work on Venus. It's very frustrating. So, for example, I'll give you an example. Uh, one thing we like to do to figure out what's deep inside planets is to study how a planet rotates and how it gets bulgy at its center, kind of how it becomes like an oblate um, sphere uh, from that rotation. Saturn rotates so slowly, it has very little bulginess, so we can't use that. <laughs> and then you say, okay, well, let's use the magnetic field. On Earth, we can use our magnetic field to actually figure out what went, uh, went on in our history. Uh, and we also, because of the magnetic field, we know that the iron core in Earth is convecting and generating a dynamo, which creates our magnetic field. You go to Venus and you're like, oh, no magnetic field. All right, I guess we can't learn about the interior that way either. Uh, and so it's, it's so frustrating, right? Whoever invented Venus just wanted to frustrate 
planetary scientist as far as I can tell. <laughs> You've got to come back to this show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you. Oh, much appreciated. Will you be brilliant today, okay, doctor? Thank you. Same to you.